Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Before we get into the Word, I wanted to give an opportunity, firstly, um, just for some thanksgiving or for some testimonies. Last week we prayed uh, for um, some specific situations. Uh, work-wise, and, um, and I know that there's more than one testimony um, based on what we prayed for last week, so if that's you, come up, you can share, you can share, wow, you got one too, great, <laughs> so that's good, last week the, the message was really just about, um, so starting to get into the, the, the series of gifts of the Spirit or abilities of the Spirit, the supernatural, and we were talking, I want to encourage you, if you didn't, if you weren't, get the, um, go online and listen to it. Because it's really just uh, about not just being limited by the natural. That's what we're talking about. And um, so we prayed for a couple people, these three included, and your wife uh, 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 with regard to work situations. And so here we go. So the next day, I got offered more work from a specific client. Um, so that was really cool. Because uh, now, obviously, there's going to get more cash dollar coming in. So, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Cool. So um, we've been going through a really hectic period right now in the fact that um, I'm a startup entrepreneur, so not much money coming in. Uh, my wife's been unemployed for about a year since she got retrenched. And, um, yeah, and there were just some financial needs that we, you know, that we needed as well. And first of all, I just want to say thank you so much, Grace Life, for, for coming, to, for, for providing for us. We really are so grateful for your hearts and what you have done for us. Um, and then last Sunday, I told Shane that I felt that the Holy Spirit was telling me that um, Marcy was going was to get her old job back. And on Thursday, she signed, she, she got contacted and said they wanted her to come back. Um, and then also we had some, in terms of finances, we had some other friends that we didn't even know about pulled together and just they paid every single debt that we had and it was just absolutely awesome. So thank you God, thank you Grace Life for teaching truth and um, yeah, we're just really, really grateful. That's awesome. Praise God. Aku. <laughs> Everyone? Can you hear me? Okay. Huh? Thanks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've, I'm in a similar position where I'm uh, part of a startup company and um, then um, I've been also applying for, for some work on the side and then um, after Shane prayed, I, I got an assignment on the Tuesday to do like a, um, to see if I, I was competent and then they um, took two days. Um, and then I submitted then on the Friday, Thursday, Thursday evening, they came back saying that um, they like my work and they want me to come and work for them. But it's a freelance um, a position at a, an American publisher. They do product reviews and stuff. So um, yeah, that was a real blessing. And we've also got a, a meeting with um, a hotel chain on Tuesday, which is also pretty cool. Um, yeah, like, yeah, we've been discussing, talking about it, and God, God came through, because I don't think I, I felt like I wasn't very convincing on the call, but, you know, <laughs> she said yes, so, um, so, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, so things are looking up, and I think, you know, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much, I think, is the scripture that came to me, um, and, um, yeah, I, I couldn't, um, Thank you guys enough for for praying for us and um, giving us the encouragement. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Aku. You know, and that's really like kind of what church should be. It's equipping you to go out and 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 live like a, a believer and and experience what God intended you to experience in in life. But it's also about us ministering to one another, so that we can. Uh, 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 do well, and so that we can go out and, and be a blessing as well. So that was really awesome. I was uh, encouraged by, firstly, how we, we got people to stand up, and then we all gathered around them, and we, we prayed for them. So it wasn't just me praying, but everyone was praying. 
And then it was awesome to see how, I mean, you know, in the week, I, did, I was kind of just waiting for Sunday to hear back. And Aku phoned me, I think, on Friday night and uh, 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 told me the good news. And I was excited and encouraged about that. Um, Malcolm messaged me in the week as well and told me the good news. And I was just like, this is really cool. As I was, was just preparing for um, today, you know, we, we kind of transitioned from a, a, a series on, <clears throat> how do I say it, identity and who, the truth about who we are as Christians, as believers, in, and it kind of last week went into I'm a child of God, and so because I'm a child of God, and I've got God living inside of me, I can be like Jesus, in loving people, in, in, um, and then in the supernatural as well. And we started getting back on to something that we were focusing on a couple months back, which was the gifts of the Spirit or the ability of the Spirit. So now it's kind of come together quite nicely. And we're just going to carry on now with um, talking about the abilities of the Spirit. Um, and the thing is, is like Christianity is really more than just a religion to follow. It's more than just a religion to follow. It's more than a lifestyle or a set of practices that we should do or adhere to. It's a life to be lived. Okay? It's living from the life of God that's now dwelling in us. So, you know, more specifically, it's, it's God living in us. It's not us trying to live for God. It's God dwelling in us. And so the first and most important thing for us to realize about Christianity is once I've received Jesus, I am God's address. He doesn't live in a building. He doesn't live at a monument. He doesn't live with the, uh, 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 a holy man. We're, as believers, we're all holy men and women of God, and He dwells in us, and the world needs to look for Him by looking for us, really. That's why it's so important that we live uh, um, from our, our union with Him, so we're living uh, uh, like Him, okay? The Christian life is about living from this place of oneness with Christ. It's not about, okay, what did Moses tell us, the Ten Commandments and the this. It's not about a set of regulations. It's about now having the Spirit of God dwelling in us and leading us. Because those that are led by the Spirit of, of God are the sons of God or the children of God, the Bible says. <clears throat> so, you know, the more we learn about what happened to us at salvation, uh, uh, the more empowered we are to step into that life. Because the moment we say yes to Jesus and receive Him, what happens? Everything changes. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that we become new creatures, new creations. Okay? And so we need to understand more about this new creation and what we're able to do. You know, when you're a baby, you've got, um, you know, considering everything is normal, you've got two legs, you've got two arms, you've got all the muscles and everything like this. And growing up and maturing physically is about learning what you can do. Ha! Ah, you know, like you, you can see the expression on, on Freya's face at the moment, uh, Lucas's little one. When she realizes now she can stand and she can move around, and soon she'll be running around, <coughs> and then you're not going to have much uh, a peace. Because they, they, they're realizing what they can do, what's their ability okay and they didn't know that they could walk and obviously the muscles weren't developed yet and things like that as a as an infant but uh, they're growing in it you know and then they learn they've got the they've got a voice and then they, they've got a, a will and then, and many other things and they start to exercise the things that they learn that they have it's the same thing with us as christians we learn that we can talk to God, so we start talking to God. We learn that we can ask God, so we start asking God. We learn that we can have, uh, uh, that we can hear His voice, that we can, uh, whatever, lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We can ask Him to help us in our work. Or, so we start doing these things as we learn them, okay? <clears throat> the more we learn about what happened to us at salvation, the more empowered we are to step into that life. And so the point with that as well is that we should be living supernatural lives. We should be living supernatural lives because, I mean, God is supernatural, number one. And if He's living inside of you, that kind of makes us supernatural. So we shouldn't be expecting a natural life anymore. We should be expecting something supernatural. And I'm not talking about we should all be running around kapow and, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about like that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like people look at you and they don't understand how it works for you. So that too, you know, yes, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, love people, 
all of that. But I'm also talking about like your life doesn't make sense because naturally it doesn't work like that. Like how come it, this, why do things work out like that for you? Why are you always happy no matter what's going on? And we spoke about that last week. <laughs> you know, when people should be asking, what are we? Smoking. If you read through the book of Acts, moving along swiftly, if you read through the book of Acts, you'll see that although you know, they, the, 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 the early church was still detoxing from the Jewish religion, okay, the, the early church was still detoxing from the Jewish religion. They went to the temple and eventually they realized they don't need to go to the temple to pray anymore. We're going to look at that just now. Then they started uh, uh, meeting in homes. And then much later on, after the book of Acts, they started meeting in, 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 in church buildings. But, you know, they started moving away from the Jewish religion because most of them were Jews in the beginning. So although they were detoxing from the Jewish religion, you know, we can see in the book of Acts that to, true Christianity, with the progress of Christianity, is not in rituals. It's not in rituals, it's in relationship. It's, in, it's, it's lived in this, from the Spirit of God that's now within us. We don't need to go to a building to pray. Because you can lie in your bed half awake and speak to Jesus. You know, you don't need to, 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 to do a lot of, jump through a lot of the religious hoops that a lot of people feel they have to because God's looking at your heart. Okay, true Christianity is expressed, uh, when it's expressed, is relationship. It's the Spirit of God in us, which means it's also supernatural. Okay, there should be supernatural love. There should be supernatural power if we're living like Jesus. And what did Jesus say? Those who believe in me, the same things that I do, you can do in greater things. So we should be expecting that. What are we expecting? To look like Jesus. To live like Jesus. You know, uh, uh, one of my favorite verses is Luke chapter 15, verse 1, which says that the sinners... And the, the, the tax collectors were drawing near to Jesus because they wanted to hear what he had to say. So it's like, if we want to be like Jesus, then for the right reasons, the sinners and even tax collectors should be wanting to come and listen to what we had to say. Tax collectors in the day were the riffraff. They, they weren't liked by society. Maybe not today either. But the point is, is that they were drawing near to Jesus because they wanted to hear what he had to say. Not because he was... Um, endorsing their life and not because he was kind of making them feel better about themselves but why because he had words of life and he wasn't condemning them he was lifting them up towards what God had called them to okay so when we receive Jesus and become Christians his spirit comes to dwell in us we looked at this last week now we need to learn to live a life surrendering and yielding to that spirit that's now in us we need to learn to live a life uh, uh, of allowing Him, His will in us, to, to, to flow through us. That's really what Christian, the Christian life is about. Galatians 2 verse 20. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. It's about, you know, I'm dead, but now Christ lives in me. So now I've still got a will, but now I need to conform my will and yield my will to His will. Well, like I, I like to say, it's not my way, but Yahweh, <laughs> your way, okay? It's very corny. The longer you're in ministry, the more corny you seem to get, or maybe it's just being a dad. But the, the, the point is, is that it's not automatic that we live like Jesus. We've got to surrender to it. We've got to submit to that, that spirit within us. We've got to yield to it. You know, does, people don't get healed by accident. We don't share the gospel with people by accident. Whoops, I just, oh, I shared the gospel there by accident. So, like, I don't know how, like, you, you, you don't sin by accident. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you don't, um, you don't eat by accident. <laughs> There's lots, the, the things that we do, we don't do often by accident. The accidents do happen, but accidents can get avoided, can be avoided, like um, any insurer will, will tell you, Right. <laughs> that's why they try and make you drive more careful and all that with the apps and stuff nowadays because they're trying to avoid having to pay out the point is is that the spirit of god in you living through you is not automatic the spirit of god in you is now fixed because you're a christian but now you need to learn to surrender to him to see that power at work 
So, when we're talking about the, the gifts of the Spirit or the ability of the Spirit, um, we, 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 we need to look at what are we talking about. And I'm going to jump through a couple of things, and, uh, uh, and we're going to build on this the next couple of weeks. But what I want you to see here is, depending on what your background is, if you haven't been a Christian for a while, then that's great, because you might not be coming with a bag load of um, uh, preconceived ideas with regards to things like this. My idea, I realized as I've been studying this, is that um, I expect the, the gifts of the Spirit, which I'll tell you what they are in a moment, but I expect the gifts and manifestations and things to happen here but on a Sunday, or in life group, or in a crisis, you know, where, where the pastor maybe goes to visit. But for some reason, subconsciously, I wasn't expecting gifts of the Spirit to flow out there. Here, we want to see the gifts of the Spirit, but it's more comfortable and it's easier to see them here. This is a great place for us to all start to practice them. But we practice them so that we can go out there and start to use them and start to see them uh, in operation. Because the gifts of the Spirit, Reynard Bonke said this, and I love it. He said that the gifts of the Spirit are not badges of honor to be worn on a Sunday. They're tools to get the job done. And I'll add they're tools to live. Because now we could all use a word of knowledge in the workplace. Amen? You could use a, a word of wisdom with regards to choosing a spouse. <laughs> you, could, you could use a, a, word, a word of knowledge, you know, about um, a situation where you got an investment or something like that. But those aren't just for those situations. We must never limit the Holy Spirit to, to those situations. It's, it's you see someone at the office and you're just drawn towards them. We'll, we'll look at this at some point, but it's called the, like the flow of love. I'm going to give you an example in a moment. But then you see someone and you just like at this draw towards them at the office and you start praying for them and you go and you just give them an encouragement and it's the right thing at the right time for them. That's what we're talking about. Something supernatural. It's not just natural. It's not a word of sight. Like, oh, I see that you're down today. How can I encourage you? You know, because some people have great masks. Amen. And so it's a case of just knowing something that you didn't know naturally, but you know it because the Spirit influenced you, and now you're able to help them, minister to them. Gifts of the Spirit, the abilities of the Spirit are tools to get the job done. What is the job? Go into the, all, all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, sharing the love of God so that people can step into eternity. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 from the Amplified Classic, it says, Now about spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy. Brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. So Paul's saying, hey, I'm going to inform you now because I don't want you to be misinformed. Okay? I don't want you to be misinformed. Then he says, or the message puts it like this, What I want to talk to you about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. So that's why we're talking about these things, because we want the right information so we can experience something right. Amen? So, uh, uh, one of the, we're going to read through, and I'll give you again the gifts of the Spirit in a list, but one of them I want to highlight right now is just the word of knowledge. Okay, which is also closely linked to word of prophecy, which would be a right encouragement at the, at, at the right time. Not always foretelling, but it's more just sometimes calling out the gold in someone right now. Okay? And um, yeah, I want to share about uh, <clears throat> what happened a few years back, um, where before I was pastoring and before I was in full-time ministry, I was really just eager to be used by God and and uh, uh, just, just wanted to see the, the, the things of God manifested, like gifts of the Spirit. So I would spend time pursuing that. Now, now I can do it more, but back then with balancing studies or, and a job and all of that, it was kind of like I prioritized it so much because I had a desire for it. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But I would pray and I would like be seeking God and saying, you know, God, I really want to see this more and so I was at a, 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 um, 
at a church service, and I was uh, greeting people at the door, and uh, uh, I was praying in the Spirit before people would come, and just casually, like, just enjoying it, and then someone walked up to the door. But as I could see this guy walking up through the parking lot, I was just drawn to him. And, you know, some people call that, like, the divine flow of love, where you just feel love, and it's not natural. It's not because, wow, this person's so good-looking or whatever the case is. But there's just something that's drawing you, and it doesn't make sense. And so I knew straight away, okay, I, I, I need to, there's, a, there's something here. I need to pray. And so I greeted them. They went in, didn't make a big hoo-ha about it. And then during worship, I was like, okay, God, give me a word for this guy. And, you know, while I was in worship, I, I, I was praying, and I was, like, getting a word, and I wrote some of the points on my hand, uh, 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 so I didn't forget it, okay? And, and, and I made some, some crib notes on my, my hand right there. And then there wasn't really a time during worship where, because the hall was full, for me to be able to go f- over the hall to this guy and, like, just pray for him or something. Um, so I waited until after the service, and straight after the service, everyone was packing down the chairs, so it was noisy, so the, the environment wasn't the best. But I went up to the guy and I said, Hi, my name's Shane, I haven't met you yet. And uh, 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 he greeted me very kind of like sheepishly. He was very Afrikaans. I was very English. So there was a bit of uh, uh, awkwardness. And, uh, and then I said, um, you know, uh, can I pray for you? And uh, he looked at me like, this guy's weird. But it's, it's non-threatening. Can I pray for you at church? Of course, you know, who's going to say no? Some people do. But this guy said, yeah, sure. We went to the front. And as we were coming to the front to try and get away from all the hustle and bustle, he says to me, can I, can I, he stopped me and he said, can I tell you something? Uh, I just asked God to send someone to pray for me. That's supernatural. That's the kind of thing that you want to have happen. <laughs> you know. So he responded like that. And it doesn't always work out like this. We just share the testimonies of when it did work out like this. Amen? Amen? I'll think of one that didn't work. But... Uh, there, uh, I'm sure there's one or two in my head somewhere. But with this guy, then we came to the front, and as I turned around to pray for him, he started, his eyes were filled with tears. And he said, there's so much going on in my life right now. And I said, please don't tell me anything. I was like, uh, we can talk later if you like, but I'll just pray for you and we can talk afterwards. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Because I didn't want him to tell me what I'd written on my hand. <laughs> so because it would I mean imagine he sells me everything and then it's like well that there goes that ministry opportunity that would have been like amazing so you know he, he, he closed his eyes I put my hand on his shoulder and I just I didn't say thus say it the Lord you know I just said father I just thank you that you're um you're Yanni's uh, father that you want to father him so many people need that word. Some of you might need that word. You're, you're his father, that you were there from the very beginning, throughout every tragedy, throughout everything that happened. Through, when the enemy tried to take him out, you were there. This guy's bawling now. I was like, you know, when, when, when and this was, this was kind of like a, a step into the, the unknown, and I was like, even when he was playing rugby, father, he didn't look too much like a rugby player, but I was like, even when he was playing rugby, you were on the sideline cheering him on. And he's crying, so I'm like, we'll see if that was right. And, and I don't know, remember what else, but I just prayed a couple things like that, and then I just spoke about God's purposes for his life, and he's got a great future and things like that. And in between that, like, uh, he experienced the power of God, and he fell over. And so I went over with him, like, just to sit next to him, because I'm like, this guy must come around, because I want to hear what's happening. And eventually he opened his eyes, and he looked at me, and he, in, almost in terror, and remember, I'm not a pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm not even a life group leader at that stage. <laughs> I actually didn't have a life group in, in, in that church ever. And uh, uh, so now I'm saying to him, like, you know, hey, you know, so what did God, like, do in your heart, like, in your life? And he looks at me, he's like, have we met before? I'm like, no. He's like, are you sure? I was like, no, I don't remember ever meeting. He's like, you just told me my whole life. Like, are you sure we haven't met? I was like, no, I'm pretty sure we haven't met. Um, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do now like with this. And um, I kind of put the ball in his court, which I, I, I never did again after that in ministry opportunities. And I said, here's my number. Give me a call and we can meet up and have a coffee if you like. Now I would take your number and let's meet <laughs> up. But um, you know, the next, that evening he messaged me just freaking out like that was amazing. 
something really significant happened in my life. And um, anyhow, um, we met up and he told me what had happened. Adopted at birth, five years old, his, uh, 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 him and his cousin are busy playing, and they've got uh, pins in straws, pea shooting, and instead of going, he goes, and he sucks it into his uh, esophagus, and uh, he was living in um, Kimberley at the time, and he said, um, so his mom, his adopted mom, uh, phoned the, the doctor, and the doctor was like, if it's in this part of the esophagus, it's okay, we can operate, it'll be fine, but if it's in this one, and he moves wrong, it'll, it'll kill him. So keep him still, and I'm coming to fetch him. We need to take him to Bloemfontein. <laughs> and so, so he gets there, and then the, the, he says the doctor put him carefully in the car in his BMW and flew to, to Bloemfontein. And uh, uh, they, they operated, took it out. It was in the, I, I can't remember which pipe it was in, but it was a success. But I forgot at birth, he nearly died uh, a few days later because he was, wasn't processing the food. And so they realized that his body didn't have a specific valve where, which they, the doctors had to create from taking muscle out of the leg and put it into his body to be able to process his food. So there's strike one, then it was strike two. over the place and they would do all these things together that a father and a son would do and he said um, then this guy went on a business trip and the lady driving the car fell asleep and they both died in a car accident and uh, he said so that happened and then he's like you know when he was at varsity him and some friends he's, he was um, some other athletes I, um, I can't remember which one his friend was a triple jumper and this one was a something else and they were all driving over the Bortleray traffic light uh, near Stellenbosch, and a truck skipped a red robot and drove over them. And his ankle was shattered. Or no, his friend's ankle was shattered, the triple jumper. His hip was damaged. And, uh, and he was just like, and, and you just kind of seem to know my whole life, and blah, 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 and I just, like, you could see he's like excited because God knows him. <laughs> and I prayed for him, I ministered to him. He got healed instantly from the hip thing. And uh, his whole life changed so radically, he was... He was someone to avoid because he was so radical. He was excited. Like, like he, he just kind of ran with it, ran so much in a legalistic way almost as well that he burnt out a few years later uh, and got, had to get back on track. But it was amazing to see how God touched him because I kind of was like, God, I really want to just be used by you. And he can do the same thing with you. You know, at that stage, was our pastor? No. Why did it happen? Because I pursued it. What would have happened if I didn't pursue it? Maybe God would have used someone else. Maybe no one else would have wanted to be used. Okay? And then the big question was, was I perfect? And the answer is, of course. <laughs> was I perfect back then? No. Was I, was I perfect now? <laughs> Am I perfect now? No. You know, that, that's the point. It's like, how does the supernatural happen? It doesn't happen because you're perfect. God wants to work through us, and He's not expecting, like I said last week, us to be perfect. He doesn't want a silver vessel, as they say. He wants a surrendered vessel. He wants someone who says, I'm available. Someone like that's just like got a heart for God, and is like, God, I'm here. Speak to me. Show me what to do. So Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 9, from uh, the New Living Translation. It says, Peter and John went into the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day uh, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The layman looked eagerly at them, expecting some money. Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. There goes the prosperity gospel. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the layman by the right hand, and his jokes got better. 
and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. Okay? That's supernatural, right? You can't do that naturally. That's a miracle. Okay? Why did it happen? Because it was obviously the apostles. <laughs> no. Because it was the super dupers. No. Because they were going to pray. They hadn't prayed yet. They, they hadn't gone to their, 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 their church service yet. They weren't perfect. Okay? Look at, at verse 12 and 16. Peter saw this opportunity. Now, because in, in the church, in the temple, they're all like, wow, look what happened. They, they're astonished. They knew this guy. They knew that he was, he was uh, uh, lame, <laughs> that he couldn't walk. They knew that there was problems. And now they see that he's perfect. And so Peter addresses the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Another translation says, or holiness. So what is he saying? He's saying it's not because we're living right. It's not because we're perfect. It's not because we're holy. It's because, he says in the next verse, verse 16, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So it's not the personal holiness or effort which they exerted which caused this man uh, to be healed. What caused the supernatural here? A hundred percent, it was the result of faith in Jesus. hundred percent faith in Jesus, that's all. Okay? You know, when he's writing about spiritual gifts or spiritual powers or spiritual abilities to the church of Corinth, we've got it, it helps so much to know about the church of Corinth. The church of Corinth, Paul's writing not to instruct them about spiritual gifts primarily. He's writing to them to deal with a couple of problems. Some of those problems are like division. There's, there's squabbling in the church. There's division based on race and gender. Because of, 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 of uh, uh, you know, they were Jews and now they, they, they're still claiming their Jewish heritage and whatever. So there's a whole bunch of things, including sexual sin and incest. <laughs> and yet the gifts of the spirit are flowing in this church and paul's writing to them do you know why not so that they would start operating in the gifts of the spirit but they would have knowledge about the gifts of the spirit so that they would do them right because you can operate in the power of god even if you're not living holy now i'm not saying you shouldn't live holy but what i'm saying is it's not based on your holiness Holiness is important and holiness is good, but we don't strive to live holy so that we can uh, um, uh, operate in power. We can operate in power independently of living holy. We live holy because we want to we reflect the glory of God. We want to reflect our Father. We want to see people to see us and go, wow, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You're, you're like Jesus, okay? Grace is never an excuse. It's always an empowering. Grace is never an excuse. It's always an empowering. You know, the, I've been meditating on this last couple of days and weeks with regards to power and the gifts and, 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 and being able to lay hands on the sick and see them recovering. What, what, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, so what about sin? And what about this? And what about that? And how does it all fit in? And, you know, sin steals our focus. That's why we might not see more of the ability of God in our lives. Sin steals our focus. It doesn't cause God to remove himself from us. We often have this mindset of, I messed up, where's God? That he's left because, you know, the, this problem in my life obviously happened because I made a mistake. I did the wrong thing. God never left you because you, you did something stupid. You need him when you did something stupid, so that's why he's still there. Okay. So, you know, sin will harden our hearts towards God, but it never hardens his heart towards us. And when we realize that, you know, when, we're, when we haven't prayed up, like often we even think, if you put sin out of the equation, sometimes we feel like I can't pray for someone or minister to them or get a word from God because 
I just haven't been spending my time with the Lord this week. I haven't had a quiet time. I haven't, you know, whatever. And you feel like you're, now, now that should help you, but we kind of feel like I haven't got enough credit <laughs> in the bank, spiritual bank account to be able to trust God for a miracle. So we, we go to the pastor, we go to someone who's more spiritual because they've got enough credit. And you only think that because you don't know how they live. <laughs> you know, and so, so it's like, you know, we, we, we need to realize that God doesn't reward you with an answer to prayer because you've got enough credit. God doesn't reward prayer. Period. Prayer is not about rewards. Living a holy life is not about getting rewarded in this earth. It, what is it about? Prayer is about communion, communion or relationship with God where we're talking to Him. And then uh, we'll get into it now with faith in a bit. But, but faith isn't getting God to move. Faith isn't getting God to bless you with something. You can have faith to move mountains and God won't give you anything. You can have the best holiness in your, uh, that, that, uh, out of the whole room and God won't give you anything more. He won't do anything for you because of that. Why? Because God's not going to do anything. He's done everything He's going to do. <laughs> he's provided everything that He can provide for us through Jesus. His power is available. It's in the Spirit which is in you. The moment you said yes to Jesus, He moved. God is not going to move again. Now He's moved by putting His Spirit in you. And now when you have faith, you're basically just releasing the power that's already available. So that should take pressure off of you to realize like God's not judging my prayer according to my performance. My prayer is just my, me releasing faith to, 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 to release his, it's, it's my faith releasing his power. Faith isn't begging God to move. In the account in Acts chapter 3, we don't see them begging God. We don't see them talking to God. We see them talking to the man. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They didn't say, Jesus, please help this man to walk. What did they say? Man, in Jesus' name, walk. Why? Because they were releasing power. They weren't begging God for power. Faith in Jesus is what releases the supernatural, not our efforts and not our holiness. Faith draws on the power that God has already made available. So in a tight situation that you've got, maybe, even at work or whatever, your faith is just releasing the ability of God into a situation to move on your behalf. But God isn't busy with you and busy with that one and busy, busy, like looking through the prayers and going, I'll do this one, I won't do that one or whatever. It's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's just us responding to what He's already done. Okay? So that, that, that would unravel a lot if you think about the implications of it. But a lot of time, people will preach legalistically like uh, uh, that, you know, holiness is what brings power or releases the supernatural. And I remember even sitting through a sermon series uh, years back, which was about purity, purpose, and power, and how purity, uh, living a pure life will, will, will lead to God giving you a purpose, and when you've got this purpose, now it's going to result in you living a powerful life. And... Um, I was talking to Lucas about this earlier today, and I was like, you know, that, that, I've been thinking about that a lot, because people like that, people who are fasting for revival and fasting for God to move, you know what's amazing? As often, they don't just get hungry, but they experience something. People like that, who are just so legalistic and focused on what they can do for God, often experience something. And, 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 you know, they've got the, the wrong method, but they've got the right heart. And I was like, it's amazing that they still see stuff. They still experience stuff. And, and so then they use their experience to back up their theology of, you know, the reason why the, the, the service was so powerful was because I fasted for a week. <laughs> or I had 10, 20 intercessors in the back room praying while I was ministering. And it's like, no, that's the wrong method, but there's something in there which helped. And I've been thinking about that for a while. You know, if, imagine if we had a desire and a passion like they did, and we used the right methods. 
Because we need to have a desire and we need to be eager for the spiritual. But fasting won't bring it. Because your fasting doesn't impress God. Okay? Focus will, it, it, it doesn't impress God, but focus helps us experience something. Okay? A, a focus and a hungry heart, not a hungry tummy, but a hungry heart will help us experience something. Because it means we're going after something. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12. Uh, amplified classic. It says, So it is with yourselves, since you are so eager and ambitious to possess spiritual endowments or powers and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Concentrate on striving to excel and to abound in them in ways that will build up the church. So the, Cor the, the church at Corinth was operating in power, like I told you. They were seeing spiritual gifts. Paul's crediting them here, and he says, since you are so eager and ambitious, he's saying, you know, you're eager, you're ambitious, and he's, he's telling them that they're experiencing the power of God, but now he's saying, let's just put this in order. He's saying, everything needs to be done decently in order. In, in order. He says, you've got people bringing words, prophetic words, and this. Let, let, let's talk about that. Let, let's make sure it's in order. Okay? And so he's bringing it in, into place, but it, it wasn't really, uh, uh, the, the gifts and operation wasn't focused on building up the church. And so this is what Paul's instructing them in now. He's saying, use this power to build up the church. Because the problem is, even in churches today, is often the gifts of the Spirit are used to try and impress other people, are used to try and get a bigger offering, are used to try and uh, manipulate people or something. But they're not used to just strengthen the church. Strengthen the church for what? We've got a purpose. We've got a mission out there, and so we need to be strengthened for what we're, we're called to. Living out there isn't easy, <laughs> you know. That's why we need to be strengthened. Paul says that we need to be, he says, since you are so eager and ambitious for spir these spiritual abilities and the manifestations of the Spirit, he's saying, striving to excel, to abound. Grace enthusiasts, I'm a grace enthusiast, but excessively grace enthusiasts would have a frothy at the idea of striving. Right? That's legalism. Daddy just wants me to sit on his lap. Daddy God wants me just to, to just sit and, and, and receive from him. Let me throw this in here because it, it really got to someone once when I was ministering in a conference and they, they really just manifested after the conference at me in a beautiful way that <laughs> they weren't from our church, they were from another church and their pastor who was at the conference actually had to pull them out of, <laughs> out of their manifestation because they were just freaking out at me. Because what I said, I stood on the platform and I said, I don't, if I'd thought about it, I would have never done this. Because I was like, we're having a grace conference and there's this other church who's part of it who's grace enthusiastic. And I, I should have just connected the dots beforehand and said, this is something you don't preach then. But I did. I opened up the conference with this. And I said, you know, if most of us grace people were like Adam and Eve, we're Adam, if Adam and Eve were like most of us grace people, right in Genesis we would have died. Because God said, eat from any tree in the garden except that one. Eat of any tree. And we would have gone, stood there with our mouths open, going, God, feed me. And he said, no, 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 take, eat. And you're like, that's legalism, God. Feed me. Digest it. And it's like, God would never tell me to do something, you know, and, and so I went on there and they, were, they, they, they missed the heart of that one, because the heart of it was that it's by grace through faith. There's a receiving necessary. Paul said, I labor more abundantly. The guy who wrote about grace the most in the Bible labored. Ooh, Paul was in, in deception at that time of his life and ministry, evidently. You know, the point is, there's a striving to excel in the gifts of the Spirit. You don't have to experience what's inside of you, the Holy Spirit, but you get to, and you can, but you've got to pursue it. And if you don't pursue it, God doesn't love you less, but the people around you won't experience as much as they could. 
you won't experience as much as you could in, in terms of just knowing something that you need to know at the right time. God will try and get it to you and try and even get it, you know, I really believe this. God's gifted the body of Christ with, with people with strong prophetic gifts. And I thank God for that. I love that. Most times I'm in a room and there's a prophet or something like that, I don't get a word. And I, I'm encouraged myself with this truth. It's because God doesn't need to give me a word through someone else. And I've, I've seen this. When I do get a word, I know it's, I, I look in my life at that time and I know it's because I'm not really listening at that time. I'm too busy. And so God needs to get my attention. So he goes, hello. <laughs> and sometimes like people will bring something and it's encouraging and it's confirming for me. And I'm encouraged by that because it's like, okay, I'm hearing what this other person's uh, hearing as well. But anyway, there's a striving involved. This reveals intentional effort. It's a resolve, a resolved focus. It's tenacity to go for it. So here, here, here's the, 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 the important statement. Your life follows your focus. Your life follows your focus. Your spiritual life is following your focus right now as well. Your spiritual life is only going to be as good as you are. I'm not talking about being a good boy or girl. I'm talking about what are you focused on? What are you eating? If you, <laughs> I'm sorry to go here again, but if you live on McDonald's in the natural, you'll die in McDonald's in the natural. You know, you can't live off of that stuff. You can maybe, if you want to, enjoy it now and then, but it's not uh, something that can nourish you long term. I thought I'd get an amen there. But spiritually speaking, like, what are you living on? What are you living on? I was talking to uh, Malcolm earlier, and I was saying, you know, I know that if we had packaged things differently in, in Grace Life the last uh, 13 years, and if we had put bite-sized messages rather, and they were always just uplifting in a sense of not challenging, but just encouraging, we would have had big churches, very big churches. And I had marketing, like, uh, there was a marketing guru in the church for a while, and he told me that. He's like, you need to stop being so challenging at times. <laughs> I was like, you're in the wrong church, buddy. But here's 8,000 Rand for this project. I was like, thank you. It's like, you need to stop being so challenging. I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not moved by money. The point is, is that, that like, you know, we, what, are, what are we supposed to be? What does God want us to be? You know? Challenging word encourages us and nourishes us and helps us grow. But it's important to, to kind of consider, what am I focused on? Because the things of the Spirit are not just going to fall on me. I need to contend for them. Getting a word from God for myself or for someone else doesn't just happen. Between the, the break, when my, this episode finished of whatever I'm watching, and I pause it to run to the bathroom like, Jesus, speak to me. You know, it doesn't happen like that. <laughs> Nobody's that spiritual. You know, what is your desire or attitude towards the things of the Spirit and hearing from God? Now, I remember I was a, it was about three years into Grace Life. I, I was a pastor already. I had finished Bible school. I was focused in on hearing from God for people and getting words and stuff. And there was a situation in the church where I didn't know what God was saying. We needed to deal with a problem. Problems have names. This problem <laughs> was a lovely person, but um, I needed to deal with them. You know, and I was just like, I, I, I love this person and I don't know what to do, Lord. And I can't hear what you're saying. And everyone is coming at me with a different opinion right now. So what did I do? I switched my phone off and I got quiet and I went and sat on Kutzenberg, um, uh, not the soccer field, the, the cricket field, right at the back, and uh, where no one could find me, and I had my Bible, and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to read through Ephesians just to clear my head, and then I'm going to pray after that. So I just read through Ephesians. I didn't pray. I just read, and uh, when I got to Ephesians chapter 4, verse something or the other, it was a while back, God spoke to me through one verse there, and he said, this is your answer. And he said, you need to deal with this quickly. And I knew exactly what I should do. And I went and I did it. 
I dealt with the situation. How did I get? Because I became still and I contended for it. I was like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give as long as it takes to be able to hear from you. I know I didn't have to convince God to speak to me, but I have to clear out a lot of, my ears have got lots of natural waxing in the spiritual realm. And I've got to kind of deal with all of these distractions so that I can hear God and say, see what is he saying to me. So what are you seeking? You know, we need to earnestly covet. We need to neglect not the gift of God inside of us. And we need to stir up the spirit and his ability within us. So let me ask you the question, what stirs you up? What stirs you up? For most people, it's money. I, I, I was blown away at this. Um, we never taught on prosperity in a sense of give to get in Grace Life in 13 years. But, um, you know, we never didn't teach it. <laughs> we, we just left it. And uh, a lot of people assumed that we taught it, but we never did. We spoke about how, you know, God's interested in your finances and he wants your finances to grow and stuff like this. But as soon as I mentioned uh, 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 that I don't believe in a prosperity gospel, I believe in a gospel, uh, uh, there was one individual who, who left uh, uh, one of the churches. And, um, and because of that, why? Because money is so important to him. There was other people who was like, I don't agree with you, but I'll stay. Because money is still not important to them. What, what, what's, what's, what, what's attached to your heart? You, know, you need to direct your heart towards the right things. I heard someone say this week, no one can stop who they love. I think they said it like that. No one can change who they love or, or stop loving someone that they love. Um, and obviously it wasn't an agape kind of God's kind of love. They were just saying, like, if I love ice cream, I can't stop loving ice cream. Of course you can. You get to choose what your heart desires. If you love eating rat poison, for whatever reason, you should stop. You know, it doesn't matter why. You don't follow your heart. Your heart can be deceitful. It can lead you astray. You know, so... so, so you know, we've got to direct our hearts towards the right thing. So let me ask this question, and I want you to think about it. How are you pursuing God right now? How are you pursuing God right now? You don't have to kind of find Him or catch Him or whatever, but it's like our life, in our life, we've got to make room to pursue Him. We've got to, he's got to be important for us that we're not just... It, it's not just an add-on. Like, we are experiencing as much of God as we want to experience. That's a good way to put it. We're experiencing as much of God as we're wanting to experience. Because God's not moving according to His desire. He's not moving, I know that. But, but it, it's a case of we're experiencing, we're, we're responding to Him. And then we experience as much as we want to. So, let me ask it like this. Would someone be able to look at your life and see... God and go wow you're really seeking God with the way you spend your time your talents and your treasure would they be able to look and go wow you know you really love Jesus and it's not condemnation or putting a heavy on you that you need to try and do something now because the answer there isn't now okay what can I do I'm going to wake up at five I'm going to do this I'm going to give to the poor stop that I'm not telling you to do anything different except focus on Jesus and what he's done for you. That's it. You know, it's, it's, it's the same situation. I really felt this in my prayer time. So this is a word of knowledge. <laughs> while I was praying, while I was preparing, I, I, I felt that there's somebody here really struggling with unforgiveness. So, so now the Christian response to that is, you need to forgive because you're forgiven. Now you need to forgive, so just forgive, deal with it. And you're like, that's effort. That, that, that's legalism, actually. The, it, forgiving is right and unforgiveness is wrong. So forgive. Now you're like, I want to forgive, but I just can't. Like, so how do you actually forgive someone? You focus in on the love of God and how much He's forgiven you. You forget about that person. You forget about the situation and you focus in on how much he loves you and has forgiven you and you allow that love to impact you. 
and then you will not be able to hold any unforgiveness. It'll be natural. You'll be able to go, wow, I forgive. I, I even forgot about it, or whatever the situation is. So don't, don't you know, with, with how are you pursuing God, I encourage you not to think about what can I do now? Can I fast? Can I pray? Can I, whatever. Like, just dig into the gospel. Read through Ephesians. Read through Colossians in different translations. And allow God to show you how much He loves you and what He's done for you. And ask the Holy Spirit, reveal to me how much you, 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 God loves me and what He's done for me. And as you do that, you, you're going to go, wow. Now, good teaching, Bible teaching, should uh, uh, stir us up to want to get into the Bible for ourselves. Especially if it's like, well, I've never heard that before. I need to check that out. Yeah, and, and then we get into the Word for ourselves, and as we get into the Word for ourselves, it should make us want more. It's like a good meal, right? You know you have to stop. <laughs> but it's like you want more. It, 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 with the Word, you, you have to stop because you need to live in the natural world too. But we need to realize like man doesn't live on natural bread alone, but on every word from, from God, of God. So we need to be getting into the Word. And as we focus on Jesus and what He's done for us, faith rises up in our hearts that's the response of the gospel we live a life responding to god not trying to get god's attention we live a life responding to him so the first step really in the gifts is realizing that you've got god in you that he wants to move through you and it's not according to your performance all you need to do is look to him and then just be expectant. Just be expectant that God is a supernatural God and He wants to move through you and you can experience supernatural things. I didn't get as far as I wanted to get tonight. But um, the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit, which we'll have to get into another time, uh, uh, mentioning them and all of this, I've mentioned the, the word of knowledge and I mentioned how, how that looks. Um, there's many others, and so we're talking about, like, for example, gifts, excuse me, gifts of healing, of healings, it says. So gifts of healings is like where, where, where if, if somebody is sick, you're able to help them with healing. You know, there's miracles, there's, there's all sorts of things, but like we don't, we can't operate in these things if we don't know about them. And so that's why we're digging into it to learn more about the ability of God that's in us. Amen? So let's stand up. And uh, I want us just to close our eyes and just to relax. I thank you, Father, that, that you're a good, good Father. That you've got good things in store for us. That you are always looking to minister to us and love on us and bless us and refresh us. And I thank you right now that if there's anything that you're wanting to do, anybody that you're wanting to minister through or minister to, we just make space for that to happen now, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we don't have to convince you. We don't have to have the right uh, song playing. We don't have to uh, uh, kind of like... Um, conjure you up somehow or anything like this all we need to do is look to you and believe look to you and just respond so thank you father for that and we just expectant right now in the name of jesus thank you father now just with your eyes closed if there's somebody here you, you're struggling like i said in the area of unforgiveness I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to share about it, but I just want to pray with you. If that's you, just put your hands out. And just raise them as a way of receiving. It's not for me to see. It's for God to see. And I just want to pray for you. Father, for, for anyone struggling with unforgiveness right now, whether they're here or whether they're online, I just thank you right now that you, <laughs> you, just, you just lavish your love on them, Father. That you just begin to show them how madly in love you are with them that you're not mad at them but you're mad about them and that they would begin to just be overwhelmed by your love impact them father 
Show them just the, the riches of your, your grace and, and how much you've forgiven them. And thank you, Father, that, that, that there's just going to be forgiveness just beginning to, to well up within them and overflow out of them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. While I'm praying, if you've got a word and you feel something specific and you, you know it's for someone specific, you're welcome to give it to them after the service. If you've got a general word, you're welcome to just come up and I'll, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you speak it out. But I just thank you, Father, that right now you're just speaking to people's hearts, even if it's not for, for the general assembly, for all of us, it's maybe just specifically. I believe that there's somebody here that, that God has been speaking to you about um, you're holding on to something. You know, you're holding on to something and you haven't let that thing go that you need to let go of. If that's you, just raise your hand. It doesn't, I don't want to know what it is, but just raise your hand. Thank you. It's usually more than one, two, three, four, great. Father, I just thank you right now for those that are holding on to something that you said let go. I thank you that there's a grace for them to just let go. I just feel like God's saying you don't have to fear anyone or anything. Just, just step, go for it. Because even if it's a good thing that you're holding on to, if you're holding on to something you should be letting go of, it becomes a bad thing and it's not going to be good for you. Just look to Him and just allow His love to refresh you and help you step forward. Thank you, Father. And for you, Lisa, I just feel specifically God just saying, you know, there, there's kind of like shackles of um, expectation that he just wants you to know that he's released you from that, that no one can put an expectation on you that you don't allow, and you're not bound by anyone's expectation. You're free. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone specific here that uh, if really concerned about your mom? Anyone's like, I just felt like someone's maybe just super concerned about their mother right now. Okay. Father, we just pray for the moms which are, are being concerned about right now. <laughs> we, just, uh, we just thank you that in those situations right now, whatever is going on, we just, we just uh, uh, ask you to intervene, Father. We ask you to reveal your love to reveal your will. We just speak protection where protection is needed. And we just thank you, Father, that uh, you just give the, the, those that are concerned about their mothers just a, a peace. That they would just look to you and trust you and keep entrusting their mom to you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. The Bible says, cast your cares or your burdens onto him. So whatever is burdening you about your parent, your, your mom, just give it to God in prayer and just say, Father, I, I just, I'm just going to trust you. Please just work in this situation, work in their heart. Send people across their path who can, who can help them, who can minister to them. And I just feel like God saying, you are not their savior. You are not the one that can rescue them. Yes, you can add value. Yes, you can help. But they need to respond to, to that. Or you know, in a situation, that, that it's not completely up to you. You can do your part, but that's it. Thank you, Father. I just felt as well <clears throat> that um, we must just pray for people in situations where, where you're needing just um, 
creativity. You know, in, in different uh, aspects, it's not just in the, the, the media and the arts, but in different spheres of, of, of life, we, we need creativity to be able to, to be better or do more or excel more, uh, whatever it is. And I just felt like God just wanting to release something in the area of creativity. So if that's you, just raise your hands and the rest of us who aren't raising our hands, just look for someone who's raising their hands and get around them, put a hand on them, because it's not just up to me. So if you're raising your hand, look around. If you're not raising your hand, look around. Just put your hand on whoever's raising their hand. And Father, I just thank you right now for those that are, are needing a release of creativity. I don't know what the situation is, but I just thank you for a release of creativity right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You are the creator. They've got your DNA because they are your child. Therefore, they have creative DNA. And we just speak a release now of creativity into their situation. That they would begin to step out in ways they've never stepped out before. That you would take creativity to a new level in their life in the name of Jesus. And Father, we just, we just trusting and agreeing that something tangible, something significant would happen this week in their life, in the area of creativity, even that they would be able to testify about at, at, uh, at the end of the week to bring you glory, Father. We just agree together right now for things to change, for creativity to be released. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch by email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.